Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. How are you guys doing? We're going to be talking about an interesting subject, and that is Harley Davidson's future, baby. It had me thinking a lot over the weekend because I'm going to be doing another channel. And it should be in the description box. If it ain't, it is Biker Culture. That's what it's going to be called. And it's going to be more video-based instead of being in the studio doing news. Stuff that I like doing. That's what I'm going to be doing with this. But today we're going to be talking about Harley-Davidson and its future. Okay, Harley-Davidson in its future. How's everybody doing in the chat box? It's been a while since I did a live, so I'm doing it for you now. Uh, welcome to the two Big Bone, man. Big Bone's Boneyard. He is doing awesome. So excited to see new people coming on the tube, giving their perspective of the lifestyle and stuff like that. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Welcome aboard. Big Bone, I know you've been around, I've been told, for a couple weeks. Here I am just finding out. Hollywood's always the last one to know everything that's going on. Anyway, how you doing, Gio, Tim, J-Man, everybody else that are hooligans in the chat room? Harley Davidson's future, and I started thinking about this because I had an incident with the Dyna. Now, it has under 10,000 miles on it. And I talk about this before. The front fork seals went out. I'm talking and sitting there <laughs> riding along. And next thing you know, I'm getting hit in the face with a bunch of freaking oil. And I'm sitting here. Are you kidding me? It's not even 10,000 miles on this damn low rider. Anyway, call up uh, Kegel's Harley Davidson. Said, hey, man, I got some warranty work that needs to be done. They were cool. The warranty stuff really came in handy because I know a lot of people are saying, well, I don't need no extended warranty. Well, you might not, but when something like this happens, it pays for itself, so I take it in. I'm sitting there, take the bike in, uh, let China Dow roam the store. And by the way, that is the worst mistake that you can do is take your old lady into a Harley-Davidson dealership, and next thing you come out with a big bill on your credit card. Well, I messed up and let that happen. But it was interesting to see, because I just sat back and watched, because I was letting them do the paperwork and all that stuff for the dyno, and I just observed the whole dealership. And I observed how the salespeople were treating everyone now you would have you know we know we call them rubs you'd have them walk in and then you'd have some you know scrungy ass bikers walk in and it was very funny 
how different everybody was treated. The salespeople would boom, beeline to those that looked like they had money. Now, I don't know about you, but I know some scratchy ass bikers that got a lot of damn money to lay cash down for that motorcycle. But it, I guess with the salespeople, they're trained, whatever you want to call it, to go towards these rubbers. And that's what I call them as rubbers, by the way. Not rubs, but rubbers. Uh, so they run to them. And I was like, I sat back and thought to myself, well, wait a second here. Is this truly the future of Harley-Davidson? Because I was looking at some of the bikes that these people were looking at. And the biggest one that everybody was looking at, there was two. One was the live wire, the other the pan, America. I was like, wow, tastes have really changed. And maybe Harley-Davidson's onto something because they were a younger crowd. Hey, more power to you to bring you guys into the sport of motorcycling. Great. Pick what talks to you. Personally, I'd love to try the Pan American, you know, because it looks cool. Go out there, kick some dirt, whatever. Live wire, not so damn much. But it was interesting with the live wire because I heard them started out up outside. I was like, dude, that thing's a jet engine, man. What the hell's up with that? And, it, you know, the, to be fair, it is more urban driven than you would find in the country. So, yeah, it's tailor-made to the urban setting, which is cool, which is cool, because, you know what, let's be honest, in 20 damn years, when all of us old gray bears are gone, and sitting there in our rocking chairs with a cane, sitting there telling stories of how we uh, pillaged everything in our day, it's going to be electric. So I get it. I can see it coming. I do the news. I can. I watch Harley. I watch their stocks. I watch what the other companies are doing. So I get it. That's where a lot of people are going to. They want to go green, whatever. Go green. That's your choice. It's two wheels. I don't care what you ride. But then it was the Pan American, and I would have to say the age demographic that was looking at it at that time when I was in there was 24 to maybe 30. And there's some kick, you know what? They're kick ass bikes. Anybody who says different, they're lying to you. They are kick ass bikes, but it's for a different era. So with Harley Davidson's future, I'm saying. Okay, yeah, we got the glide craze right now. That's going to be there for a couple years, just like there was the damn chopper craze and all the crazy stuff. But now it looks like it's getting into a different type of format. And it's more, how can I say, walking into that dealership, it didn't feel like Harley-Davidson in that dealership. What it felt like was I was walking into a Honda dealership, a Kawasaki dealership, whatever it may be. That's the way it felt to me. And it really did surprise me that it was that way. Because 
it kind of puts your age into focus. I told that to China Dow the other day. I was like, man, I really am getting old. It's like it seems like the years are passing faster. Things are changing on our radio program. We talked about this new style of people wearing dicky shorts. Personally, I can't get over that because what if you take the asphalt ride? You're going to get chewed up out there. But again, it's generational. They're going to do what they want. Now, I'm not busting on them for wearing their style. That's up to them. It's just from a perspective that I don't understand. Just like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Dan Dan the Fireman. Now, Dan Dan the Fireman, he does fantastic. And I'm talking about fantastic safety videos here on YouTube. It's got about a half a million subscribers. And he really cares about what he's doing. Now, he takes images, live stuff of motorcycle accidents, tries to break it down to give a better understanding to new riders, which is beautiful to me. The problem is now, YouTube has implemented a policy where his channel could be age-restricted or even worse, taken down. And that's something I don't understand because he's providing a huge service and I'd have to actually argue that he's getting new people into the sport of motorcycling. So when YouTube came out with this stupid policy, it starts actually tomorrow on Monday. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to Dan Dan the Fireman. Because there is a lot of channels that are educating people. And when you have a sensor going on with something that this motorcycle community really needs, there are a lot of young people, and I'd have to argue a lot of middle-aged people that are just getting their first motorcycle. So they need to know that. It's not like when I first rode. We didn't have no damn classes. We didn't have no safety instruction. It was, you got on the bike and you learned yourself. And that, I wish there was a motorcycle course back then. I wouldn't have had two damn wrecks being stupid. But now we have all this information we can gather and they're messing with them. And that really ain't cool. So if you guys can contact YouTube and say, hey, this is something we need. We need a Dan Dan. And he's a fireman. He was an EMS worker. So he knows what he's talking about. So if you can contact YouTube and say, hey, man, this ain't cool. Because if you age restrict a video, he don't make any money. And it ain't free to do this kind of work. The equipment alone is insane. And he's putting out good information that a lot of people charge for. But going back to Harley-Davidson, I believe people like Dan Dan the Fireman actually help them. Because Harley 
I have to give them credit. They're opening up a whole different new avenue of people coming into the scene. The biggest one Harley's doing right now is women riders. They're really opening up to that segment of population, which is a great thing. You know, I know a lot of us older guys are like, what the hell are they doing on the front instead of the back? That's the way we were taught. That's the way we thought. But Harley really does, I believe, have a corner on the niche. Now, the younger ladies, they're on the rockets and all that type of stuff. And let's admit it, okay? Let's just admit it. If we were that age, we'd probably be riding them damn things too. Because all of us love the speed. That's what we really got into. <laughs> Personally, I love the speed. Uh, anyway. But they're going after the women rider. And I'd have to say in 1990s, you were under 5% of females were riding. Now that's went up to probably, I'd have to say, 13 to 20%. I'm not real on that, but I'm just throwing a guess out there. So women are the future of Harley-Davidson's market share. As well as they need to get younger riders in there. And that's why they're going with motorcycles like the Live Wire. They're going with the Bobs. Uh, the Sportsters are god ugly, the 2022s. I, I, just, I can't stand them. It's, it don't even it look like a sporty anymore. But they're trying towards the taste. I have to say that. Uh, which is a good step. This new CEO, I thought for sure was going to be horrible because he's a shoe salesman for Puma. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what did this guy really do to get a job like this and have no experience whatsoever in the motorcycle manufacturer market? That's my first impressions of him. But at the same time, now you see the big picture, the long game that this guy's playing. And he's doing it to a T, man. It's like, damn, man, you know what segments to hit in? Uh, you know, the things I didn't like were the cut cost and uh, Harley did with the uh, employees. I, I can't stand that whatsoever. The employees shouldn't be the ones, the ones in the factories and all that stuff. They shouldn't be the ones to lose their jobs. It's management. Get rid of them. Because the blue-collar workers on that assembly line for Harley, they're the backbone of that company. And they're more like you and I. See, that's why we'll always relate to them is because they are us. And that's what everybody thought the company was all about. Now, I know they have to do their stocks. They got to do their bonds for their investors and stuff like that. It's a global company. I get it. But at the same time, if you're going to move towards your future, you still have to remember those that made you. Now, there's a big argument about this where, well, you know, you 50-year-old somethings aren't going to keep the company in business. They got to do this and do that. 
Very true. Very true. But at the same time, it was them 50-somethings that came to your rescue during the 90s and the 60-somethings during the 80s when you were really screwed. Let's be honest. If Ronald Reagan did not implement that 40% uh, import tax on all these Hondas and all that stuff, Harley-Davidson would be gone. They would have went through new management. They would have fell under. Come on, they went through AMF, a bowling damn company. And that's where I was a little worried about the future, where, you know, they had these kind of people running the company. But thank God this guy's turned out to be pretty cool. But we were there. Hell, clubs were there. You stole their image. Your people were so loyal to you that they got tattoos on their body and you got free advertisement all over the world. So you need to remember them. Moving forward, remember them. Because if you don't, you might fall flat on your face. Now, you have a lot of good models coming out. Ah. The 2022 lineup is beautiful. Everything except that damn sporty. And I can't believe you guys did that. What you were you thinking? That is insanity. If you were going to do that to the sporty, you might as well do what GM is doing with the Dodge Challenger and the Charger and all that stuff. Retire the damn thing. But don't go and screw with something that has so much history to it. And a motorcycle that many newbies actually start out on. Why would you ruin the tradition of that motorcycle for everybody that's coming up now? That I do not understand. So if anybody can tell me, let me know what you are thinking here. Because it's kind of screwing with my head. Road Rage, what's up, my man? Kaylee Game, Jeff, James, all you hooligans in the chat room. Us 50-somethings are the one that are now looking at the brand after giving up our rockets. Very true. Very true. Mark, how you doing? Mark Sportster since 1957. James, it's about customer care. Don't matter what you're selling. Oh my God, is that so friggin' true? If you are not taking care of your customers, if they feel like your salespeople are ignoring them, you're missing out. Because like I said, us dirty, grimy bikers, you know, those guys that wear the same pants for three or four weeks, they might not look like much, but those are the ones that are, one, again, supported you. Two, have the damn money. They have the money. Now, they might not go for the CVO line. That's Harley Davidson's pushing right now. They want to push the higher price bikes, whatever. They don't want to spend $40,000, $50,000. But they'll go in there and spend fifteen dollars to $20,000 on a motorcycle. So why do you want to lose the opportunity 
of them buying a motorcycle from me, even if it's used, because you're making more money on the used than you are new. You can't tell me you're not. Because you offer bare minimum pricing on wholesale, you, you pick it up on the cheap, and then you price market a little bit over retail price, so you're making the money. So why look down on these type of people that are trying to buy it? Like me, you, you won't get $40,000 out of me. I'm cheap. I'm going with freaking something under fifteen grand. That is my limit. Screw you and screw your new bikes. Because I know the customers that you have coming in there, they're the ones dropping these for trade-ins on those CVOs with only three or 4,000 miles on it. I'm grabbing that up. Uh, let's see here. Road Rage. The Nightster and the Sporty as two separate lines. I have to agree. I don't think they should be. I have to agree on that. Uh, Dave. Harley killed the Dyna at the peak of its popularity. So who knows why they do what they do. Very true. Very true. Uh, diversion. I got a couple that got pushed out of one town, took over the Harley Davidson dealership here, and forced all the old school. Hold on a second. That was getting uh, folks to take their business elsewhere. And that's what I don't understand. Why would you push their, your, your main customer base? away from your business. Why would any business owner do that? Every business owner knows that the core customer base is what's going to keep you in business. So I'd be very surprised with them pushing out the old folks away from their dealership how long they're really going to be in business. It'd be very interesting. Keep us up on that. Uh, Wheelie, Harley gave up on us gray beards years ago. And I'd have to say that's kind of true right there. Because God knows we're living in a PC air right now. And all of us gray beards, come on. All you have to do is listen to my show in the mornings with China Dow. And I'm talking about the second half of it. Where I get down and dirty. I'm not, I, I have no filter whatsoever. I'll say stuff that'll really put some of these tree huggers in a safe space. Because that's why, how I was raised. That's how I came through everything. And it's hard to change when that's who you are. So I wouldn't doubt that they gave up on the Greybeards because they don't want, I, I'd have to reckon here, they do not want that type of person any longer being associated with their brand. That's just like motorcycle clubs. They hate, Harley Davidson hates the Hells Angels. Come on, how can you not put clubs that really put you on the map how can you not put them in the museum? How can't you do that? You took their image. But you can't come back and say, yeah, we might not agree with what they did, but this is history. It's history. It should be in there. Same thing with AOA. Same thing with the Banditos. Same thing with all the clubs that are big. 
that designated their members that they had to ride Harley Davidsons. Come on. They gave you the advertising. They're, they gave it to where the word was out on you. So to push them out is something that I'll never understand. Uh, Reese, uh, buddy just paid thirty grand, traded his in for nine thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars a month for their payments. Now I don't know if that has to deal with Eagle Financial because it is a separate ordeal there. But I couldn't imagine paying seven fifty a, a month for a car pay or for a bike payment. Hell, that's most people's mortgages. And I know a Harley Davidson is an investment. I get that, but at the same time, paying seven hundred and fifty freaking uh, dollars for a motorcycle, maybe it's because I came through a time period when you'd pick up a damn sporty for fifteen hundred bucks, or you'd get a shovel head for thirty five four thousand. Maybe that's where I get the culture shock with all this money. Is it wasn't cool before to ride a Harley. You were looked down at as scum of the earth. Now it's like the coolest thing and the bike prices are pushed so much, it's unreal. Now I have to admit, the used Harley market, uh, Harley never before lost the, their value. Now not so much, man. Not so much. Now they're losing value. Uh, Let's see here. Derek, and if I ain't getting to you, I'm trying to. Uh, even and all, see how our local dealer treats the dirty biker who fixed their own bikes compared to the rubs. My problem is with that, Derek, is a lot of the motorcycles that they're making now, it's hard as hell to work on some of these technological wonders. I still haven't got over the fact of riding with a damn radio, and I've never had a radio on my motorcycle. I just don't see the point of it, because when I ride, I like hearing the pipes. Well, of course, the Dinah's as quiet as a mouse right now. Until next year, I'm going to put that off. But at the same time, I like hearing wind. I don't want to hear no radio. But that's... The new style now, you're putting in huge freaking sound systems and you're not able to hear yourself think. But that's what people want, so that's what they're pushing. That's what they're pushing. And with all the electronics on it, why would you even want to work on the damn bike? You, you screw up one wire, you screw up one placement, next thing you know, you're like, damn, man, now I'm out of $1,000 because I have to have these morons fix it. It ain't the good old days, man. It ain't the good old days. Uh, let's see here. Sonny Barger went with Indian stating that Indian makes a much better bike. Uh, I don't know about that. I know with the BMW, he talked about the BMW. And I have to say, even though I always have a Harley in my garage, I'll also have either a Jap, British, or a German bike in my garage. Because quite frankly, they ride more comfortable than most Harleys do. I know my Boulevard, it's what, a 2008? And she 
rides like a freaking queen, man. It's a beautiful bike. I'm not one of them guys that are Harley, 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 Harley. I'm not one of them guys. I like anything or I like to try anything that has two wheels on it because I like the history of the motorcycle. Now, you'll find a lot of older guys that are so damn hard-nosed where they say, hey, you got to have a freaking Harley. If you don't got a Harley, screw you. Or you'll get older guys that say, hey, if you're riding those Indians, screw you. There's a lot of them type of people out, but that's not me. Uh, I just ain't me. But I think he said it was BMW. Uh, so... Switz, what's your complaint about Harley-Davidson? They still make street glides and road glides for all you bikes that want to look the same. I'd have to say the... Now, Harley-Davidson, they got 50% of the big bike market, which is a beautiful thing. The problem with Harley-Davidson is they don't look at the 1,200cc or blower motorcycle that say the 750 honda sell honda has to have at least 40 50 percent then you add in yamaha and suzuki and you're well over that 50 percent in market share and those are the most bikes that sell so harley you know even though they got the long run and maybe they're getting two the point where they say, oh, man, we got to really enter in this market or we're going to be stuck in the 39 to over 60 demographic. You know, that's just business sense. Let's see what else we got here, guys. Uh, the Greybeards aren't the ones buying their $40 T-shirts. Got to focus on them rubs. You know what? I almost shit a brick. Like I said, I brought China Dolan to the Harley dealership, something that I shouldn't have done because she beelines to them Harley shirts or beelines to their purses. She's one of them that you do not want to go purse shopping with or you'll be there five freaking hours. You just don't want to do it. But she is one that a beeline to it and, and it costs you a couple hundred bucks you know, walking out of that damn dealership. Me, I never uh, wore Harley-Davidson shirts. I didn't see. Uh, see, I look at it a different way. I'm like, why the hell am I going to give them free advertising? They don't give a crap about me. They'll shit on me any chance they get. So why should I wear a t-shirt all over the damn place for them? You know, I, in the old days, that's what they guys did because Harley back then had their back. Now it's not like that. Mark, you have to find a good Harley mechanic machinist that will solve any mechanical problems you have. Very damn true, man. And what's even worse, and this is why I like the Harley Davidson getting their ass kicked by the FTC. You're probably saying, well, Hollywood, man, that's the government. Well, you know what? Harley Davidson, they've been pulling some underhanded bullshit. And what I mean about that was their warranty policy. You can't even get a tuner from Vance and Hines without voiding that warranty. And this goes the same way if you wanted to take your motorcycle to an independent shop. An independent shop 
they would try to void your warranty before this FTC decision. Now, again, there's arguments on both sides. Well, why should Harley pay uh, for somebody else's mistake? Problem is, most people don't understand is the warranties are third-partied out to insurance agencies and stuff. It's just not Harley, man. Harley-Davidson makes a damn good penny on selling them warranties with them motorcycles. And if you want something done, you want to customize your bike at the local independent shop, and they say, go screw yourself. Well, of course, older guys like myself are going to say, screw you. It took me over a year before deciding if I was going to keep the Dyna because they pissed me off so bad. So when you see independent repair shops going out of business, man, they're few far in between now, in my area at least. It's kind of sad because they used to have a good working relationship with Harley Davidson. Now, the future, unfortunately, I guarantee that it's going to be Harley working on Harley shit. That's just the way it look. Uh, let's see here. Oh, what are we doing here? Uh, correction in a sportster doesn't deserve the new name. I cannot believe they did that to a, the 2020 uh, Sporty. I just can't believe it, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dave, uh, Dyna is holding its value. Yeah, some of the motorcycles are holding its value, but it's very rare that the overall line of used Harley-Davidson's are not holding their value. I don't know how many times I'll go look at Facebook Marketplace and look at some of the stuff they got going on there. And I'm like, damn, man, that's all they wanted. I feel like I got my pants pulled down and screwed at the dealership because I was too stupid to look at what else was out there. I was stupid. I really do. I was stupid. And I deserved it. And they didn't even give me KY jelly. Uh, Hakeem, uh, CEO is German, who's in charge of Harley-Davidson. He switched because the Harley-Davidson attitude towards bikers went with Indian because of that. You know what, Indian? Here, here's what Indian, I believe, in my personal opinion, is going to have to do. In order to compete with Harley-Davidson, they need that dealer network. If they don't get the dealer network that Harley-Davidson has, I don't see them, you know, they're lucky they're backed by Polaris because Polaris is never going out of business, man. They're the king of off-road and all that good stuff. But they need to get a dealership chain going, a lot more than what's going on right now. And the thing about the Indians and the dealership, they treat you like a human being in there. They don't care if you're ratty looking. They don't care if you look like you have money. Indian dealerships, they actually care about their customers. Harley used to be that way, but not so much. You go into an Indian dealership, you actually feel welcome there. You do. Uh, let's see here. Uh, my 2002 Road King still, and this is from Rooster Run, 
still holding it down. Twin cam, not too bad to work on, but I'm thinking about getting on Evo going backwards. I have to admit, Evo was one of the best, the best, in my opinion, motor out there from Harley-Davidson. The twin cam sucks. <laughs> Here I got, I had two of them. Uh, the earlier ones, the earlier twin cams suck because they had that cam tensioner uh, bullshit. Or, uh, yeah, you know, twin cams, I don't know. Milwaukee 8s, I don't know. But Evo's one of the best motors ever made, you know, to me personally. To me personally. Uh, Kelly game. I had a T spot for 15 years, but I just bought an 01 FX DX for 14.5. They're crazy expensive right now because the Harley Wheelie guys. Trust me, I know on the Dyna, on the Lowrider, yes. I got to get rid of them mid controls. I can't stand the freaking mid controls. It's like, dude, my knees are all the way into my freaking chin. Can't stand that stuff. Uh, and you know what, CDL Renegade, you're right. There are so many other bikes that you can buy for less than a Harley. This is true. This is true. I think the reason a lot of people buy the Harleys is the image and the reputation of how everybody talks about them. And a lot of people are missing a lot of damn good deals on other motorcycles. Like the Boulevard, I think I picked up for 5Gs. And I'm more in love with that bike than I am with my Dyna. I, it, I think it's the water cool that I like. I think uh, the suspension's what I'm really into. And I like how it just glides through the wind. Where with the dyno, once you're getting up into the 80, 90 mile an hour range on the expressway, it's like you're getting your ass kicked at a heavyweight fight by the time you get off the damn thing. And God forbid you put a woman on the back of that damn thing. You're really tired at that point. So, yeah, there's a lot of different bikes that you can get that are better than Harley. And Harley, if they're moving into the future with the company over the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years, you're going to have to think about that. The problem with Harley, I see, is they're always playing catch-up, especially with the Japanese manufacturers. They're always playing catch-up with them. And that is going to hurt your ass, especially everybody knows with the Japanese, you're looking at the electric market, electronic market, and they're way ahead. You can't even, yeah. Uh, shocker, got a lover. My sister-in-law is on there, rock and roll. Uh, Gary, Indian has better technology, reliability, and priced eight to $10,000 cheaper, and you're right. And I think the reason why that they have better technology is because Polaris is backing them. Polaris owns them. And I think that Polaris, they started out with that Victory line, and Victories are badass bikes. 
you know, everybody laughs about the victory vision, but if you're on a freaking 2,500-mile ride, laugh then. Yeah, uh-huh. But they dipped their toes in the water when it came to the victory line. They learned what they could from that experience, and then they moved up to Indian, got the, the name and stuff like that. And I'd have to say that they're doing a damn good job with that, and they got a good price point as well. So they're forward-looking, I have to say that. Uh, Vulcan 800, I had one of them, uh, Rooster. <laughs> uh, Swix, uh, Harley needs to produce a mid-sized and competitive price bike. The 883 being over ten grand is a joke, and it really is. Uh, an 883, brand new, I can't see paying more than 7500 brand new. Now, when you're talking 883 used, you'd have picked them suckers up for $2,500, $3,000. But brand new, they got to get more competitive with their mid-range bikes. Because, like I said, Honda, they own. They own the mid-range you know, range type of deals. Uh, let's see here. Wherein uh, Harley loses with the younger market and the horsepower per cubic inch. Everyone wants a fast bike. But when a 1,700cc Harley gets outrun by a 400cc naked bike, then it becomes a joke. Uh, you know, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that one. Uh, ben, I hate how they're doing away with the, the Sportster 1957 changed everything for harley davidson it changed everything and what they're doing to that line is a freaking sin it really is uh dave oh can-ams hollywood should uh, spider and slingshots be allowed at bike night or to park in the motorcycle uh parking lot you gotta remember something dave with them cam-ams it's a whole switch from a trike. You got the two wheels in front, one in the back. Where a trike is the other way around with the one in the front, two in the back. It's all about what your taste is, what your style is. You know what I miss as far as trikes? And I'm not talking about these new jack trikes, you know, where you to buy these kits and just put them on. No, I'm talking about the old Volkswagen uh, trikes, the freaking Chevy 350s. And there was a lot of talk back then uh, during the 90s. Hey, should this be allowed in a club or should this be considered a motorcycle? I tell you what, I'd take one in a heartbeat. Uh, as far as Can-Ams are concerned, it's not my style. It's not my look. Uh, but I'd get China Dow one. Maybe she wouldn't freaking fall off the damn thing like the mini bikes do. Wheelie, I appreciate that $4 shoot, uh, super sticker, man. That rocks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see here. What else? Millennials don't get a mortgage on a house. And Weedy just put, Jeff, we can't afford it. <laughs> you can't afford anything in Biden's economy these days, man. More or less, like earlier, they saying, hey, let's pay $750 for a new bike payment. You can't make the money in these days, man. You can't. 
Come on, they just hired, what, 80-something thousand IRS agents to come at UIS? <laughs> uh, let's see here. HDMC doesn't make money off of used bikes. Yeah, they do. You know, I traded in mine, and I think they sold it for four, or $5,000 more than the fricker was worth. Yeah, they make some money on them damn bikes. Uh, let's see here. Jordan, have you ever customized your Dyna uh, 2A Dave, what boulevard you own? Uh, the C90, but I'm going to throw some uh, pipes on and I'm going to do the mid-range controls. I'm thinking about a new cam, uh, eventually going up uh, some more CCs, maybe 110. But it's that's a bike that I'm going to keep for the last thing, just for the tradition of the lowrider. Uh, but I'm really looking for a dark horse. I really am. Uh, let's see here. New bike for new bike. Indians and HDs are priced similar. Uh, you want something right off the floor you don't have to touch, then yeah, go for stuff like what the other brands present. Jordan. Uh, let's see here. Gary, not comparing a deck out pursuit to an ultra CVO. Anybody have a CVO out there? My question is, why do you want to pay that kind of money? What's so special about a CBO that you're willing to pay $40,000 for? Now, I'm hooked on Phonics Hollywood here. I'm a little slow. The English language ain't the best with me. So it's hard for me to understand What's so good about the CVO that you spend that kind of money? Uh, Henry, I have noticed many old Sportster guys are chopping them with the Springer front end. They've been doing that a long time, man. That tradition goes all the way back to 60s and 70s. But it's cool to see the younger kids really get into that where they're building out them old freaking sporties. They're building out the older model type of stuff. It is really cool to see. Those are the kids that get it. They want that image, which is awesome. And they want pride in, in being able to build their motorcycle. That's what's cool about it. Uh, Triumphs. I love Triumphs, Weedy. First bike I ever owned was a 77 Bonnie 750. I love Triumphs. Uh, Triumphs hold a special place in Hollywood's heart. That I could tell you. <laughs> I love a Triumph, man. Uh, CDL Renegade. I think that the new Sportster is beautiful except for the price tag. In my opinion, it is a reaction to the Indian Scout Bobber. To each his own, I have to say. To each his own. Me, you know, I got a little different taste uh, as far as sports theaters are concerned. I don't like when tradition is messed with. I don't like when the sportster is supposed to be bare bones, hard on the back, hard on the ass, and getting all this technology put on it. It, it, it just kills me. It kills me to see 
such a good line of motorcycle destroyed like that, in my opinion. Now, again, everybody has their own opinion, and that's great, man. It's great. Uh, Kelly, uh, I'm a college graduate, work about 50 hours a week, 6000 a month. Uncle Stam takes 2000 they are highway thieves, man, these uh, taxes, man. I got to pay them every month on the business. And it's like, dude, at least give me a reach around. You guys love just taking Hollywood. My goodness, I should cry something. Oh, my God. Uh, Geo, hike, uh, hit that like button, y'all. Rock and roll, man. I appreciate that. Mohawk, one guy hand-built my CBO. Now, Mohawk, you know, what is it about the CVO that drew you to it? And what do you like about it? And is it used? Is, did you buy it new? Price range, all that stuff. Road Rage, $20 super sticker. I really appreciate that, my man. Uh, you guys rock and roll with them super stickers. Uh, it really helps the show out. All your donations go right back into the show. Uh, Weedy, do you only drive street-style bikes or do you like adventure-style bikes too? If I could get a Pan America, I'd get one. I'd get it in a heartbeat. I love the sport of off-road. I love watching it. I, you know, there's so much to that sport that is amazing to me. And how much balls that some of these people really have. You know, it was fun. You know, it was fun watching some of the videos that Adam Sandoval did of the back road adventure he took over those, what is it, a couple hundred thousand, you know, miles, whatever it was. But the skill you need to do that sport is just amazing. And not just the skill, but the physical stamina. It it's just a beautiful thing. So yeah, I'm into that type of stuff too. Uh, let's see here. I got twenty four thousand into my eighty four eight eight three Sportster. Rock and roll, man. You know that's something that you're gonna have to keep because I don't think you'll make it out of that. You you won't be able to sell it for twenty four thousand down the line. And that was the only thing with the Sportsters was. If you built them up, you'd never get your money back out of them. Never. Uh, on the contrary, once you chopped them up, you would rarely see anything close, in my experience anyway, to what you put into it. Uh, no, John, if you like off-road, get a dual sport Honda XR650. I would. I also like the African, man. Uh, that is a beautiful bike, the African. I think that's the main uh, competitor to the Pan America is the African Twin. Beautiful bike, man. It, it really is. It's a beautiful bike. Uh, never get it out. Sportster will be my one work of uh, art in the nursing home. There you go, man. Uh, there you go. Bring that sucker. Pop it in there. Talk to, uh, you know, your 87-year-old neighbor right there. Maybe get some hum-hum and, you know, keep it in there, man. It'll work out. 
Uh, no, John, by the way, your channel is awesome. I really appreciate that, John. You rock. Uh, again, we do biker news on this channel, and I'm going to start up my lives uh, at 8 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. And we're going to talk about other stuff other than, you know, club stuff and biker news stuff. This is actually what I really like talking about. And you're going to see that on the other channel once I upload the first one is I just love this scene so much. But the scene encompasses all kinds of different angles to it. Now, I get motorcycle clubs. That's a popular subject. I get it. But also the independent biker. The independent biker to me is the pure. It's the pure freaking thing in this lifestyle. And I love how it is. So we're going to be covering a lot of that as well. Uh, Hollywood, not referring to the sports arrest, but the new nightster. Rock on, uh, Cedell. Rock on. Uh 865-2008 American uh, Triumph Rock and Roll. I love the damn Triumphs, man. See the... Oh, man, I love them damn bikes. Yamaha 10-year 700. Think of it as a lightweight Pan America with uh, the driveline for Willie Happy MT-07. Rock on. Uh, you know what? It's funny. A lot of these adventure bikes have their origin in the 80s enduro we used to call them enduros back then uh let's see here uh mohawk i am a 2001 indian the one with the sns engine newer indian engines look like lego designed them <laughs> he ain't lying man he ain't lying <laughs> but they still are you know what you have to say, okay, would you rather have a dark horse or would you want a CVO? That's something you got to. Th <laughs> that was some funny shit right there. Diversion, a lot of biker lifestyle, loyalty in the independent scene. You know what? I really think it all depends on the person. If they can keep their word, if they can really stand up for who they are as a person, who they are as a man or a woman. I really think that's what makes them who they are as a biker. Uh, if they want to be independent, be independent, MC, BMC, RC, whatever it is. But I think that's one of the qualities that you really find in the older uh, generation because that was really beat into them. Which is cool. Uh, that hat is the shit. Joe, uh, you can get your uh, Ride More Politic Less Demons Row Sos the Ghost. He has it, I believe, on demonsrow.com. I know they sell a ton of these things. And I really like the, pre you know, the premise behind it. As far as clubs are concerned... You know, when I was in the club, it was, you know, you're mostly sitting around the damn clubhouse talking shit where writing was an afterthought. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, sad stuff. But nowadays, the politic less stuff, you really, you know, it's a great thing that Sos did. It really is. Joe, $5. I appreciate that, Joe. That is awesome. 
uh, real good stuff, man. I really appreciate that. But yeah, you can get the hat on uh, DemonsRow.com. Uh, good stuff, man. And it's not a cheap hat, man. This is made some real good uh, material and all that. Snapback, the whole nine yards. Uh, Thomas. Harley Davidson needs a GP bike. Rock on, Mohawk. Uh, Dark Horse, FTW, rock and roll. Uh, get back to bikes, Mike. You know what? One of these days, people will, and the independent scene does it, but hopefully the club scene gets back to, you know, biking and brotherhood. That's what it came down to and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know. It gets back to that someday. But anyway, guys, we've been going for about an hour. I really appreciate you guys uh, coming by. Uh, we'll be doing this at 8 o'clock uh, p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, right after Big Bones uh, broadcast, Black Dragons broadcast. Uh, so you guys got a good uh, Sunday lineup right there as far as lives are concerned. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking uh, about, uh, I think there was uh, one screwed up story that came out of uh, the news, and I'm going to go rant on that one again. I've been having all kinds of issues with these articles lately, man. You know, looking more in depth into them and stuff, it's like, damn, really? Are you serious? So that's tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock uh, a.m. Central, then I go right into the second half of the show. but. You guys kick ass. I appreciate all the donations. And we're going to see you back next uh, Sunday at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Again, you guys really do rock and roll, man. Beautiful.